0: You're listening to audio from Plankrow Harvest Church, located in Crossville, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church and its various ministries, please visit our website at www.plankerharvest.org. Uh, we started the Beatitudes a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I just want to remind you what uh, the word Beatitude means. I looked it up and it said the supreme blessedness, the bliss, the grace, the ecstasy, the supreme happiness, and the heavenly joy. Well, the heavenly joy is what stuck with me because some of these beatitudes in Matthew 5 are not so good. Not not when you, not at the beginning, they're not so good. Uh, So turn to Matthew 5 real quickly and. uh, We'll we'll start reading them real quickly, or not so quickly. Uh, let's pray for the service real quick. Lord, we just thank you for this time in your in your house. We ask you, Father, to uh, open hearts. Uh, We ask you, Father, that these words be your words, that your spirit touch us, Lord, and that uh, we be moved uh, with these words that you have given us today. I pray for the sick among us, the sick at home, and I ask you, Father, that you would uh, bring us healing, and most of all, Lord, that you would bring us salvation that we need so desperately to this world. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Uh, so let's start reading the, the Beatitudes here. In uh, Matthew 5, starting with verse three, it said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So uh, when you look at it from that perspective, you start to see that maybe it is a blessing. Maybe it is something wonderful to be uh, persecuted. Maybe it is a heavenly joy to be poor in spirit and mourn and to be meek. Uh, We're going to start with meek. But uh, many times when you hear the word meek, people think of it as a negative thing. Uh, but the Bible tells us that Jesus was meek, right? Uh, it says, blessed are the meek. Uh, a new believer, and I believe the first two things in verse 3 and 4 are, are people who are unsaved, who need salvation, and who are lost And that is why I don't care how many riches or how many things they have, they're poor in spirit and they mourn because without God, there is no happiness. There is no joy. There is nothing except eventual death, separation from God. Uh, But a new believer, the first thing they do is acknowledge their sinfulness. And uh, I looked up some of the definitions for meek. And it says, and stop me if this sounds familiar. Patient, long-suffering, gentle, humble, and obedient. Who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus, right? Uh, Meek doesn't mean that you're shy or that you're quiet or unresisting or weak or spineless or weak-kneed. Those are not definitions of meek. To me, those are definitions maybe of a coward, but Jesus was anything but a coward. Those those first definitions I gave you, that sounds like Jesus, right? Uh, The meek are submissive, but they're submissive to the will of God, even to the point of death. Uh, I, I read the Gospels and I read where Jesus was so patient with his disciples Uh, at one point the disciples are arguing about who is going to sit where when they get to heaven i can just imagine jesus rolling his eyes like oh these guys don't know what they're in for yet uh he 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 gives john james and john a nickname the sons of thunder because they they had a tendency to get a little angry and then uh He had to always be explaining things over and over to the disciples because they never got his messages. Uh, So in all those things, Jesus was very patient. And he's very patient with us. He's very gentle with us. He's not putting you in situations where he forces you to accept him. No, it's always voluntary. Uh, Christ is long-suffering with us. When we are poor examples to the world, the Lord. Uh, when we are poor examples to the world, the, the world. Uh, in Second Peter it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that we all should come to repentance." So God wants us to repent. He's to the point where he sent his son to die for us. He's gentle. He loved the children. He loves us. Remember, they're trying to keep the little kids away from him. Hey, don't send those little kids. And he says, let them come to me. I don't know why they use the word, suffer the children to come to me. But I always thought that was strange. But he wanted the children to be near him. He wanted them to uh, learn from him. And, and it, the, the Bible tells us that if we don't come to him as children, then we can't come to him. Uh, he, he's compassionate to the sick, to the lost, to the mourners, and the hungry. Uh, I, I think of the lepers. He heals the lepers. Uh, the lost. Zacchaeus climbed that tree to get close to Jesus, and he told him, come down. And G, uh, Zacchaeus immediately changed, right? Uh, he was so, so uh, close to the mourners. Remember the little girl? He raises the little girl, and, and the parents are, they've even hired mourners to come in and mourn, and he told them, just stop. Watch what I'm going to do. And then uh, the the easiest verse in the Bible to learn, what is it? Jesus wept, right? Why did he weep? Because he saw what uh, Mary and Martha were going through when when their uh, brother had died, so he raised them from the dead, and he fed the five hundred, the, the five thousand. He fed the five hundred. Uh, he fed the five thousand, but he fed many people many times, and he continues to to feed us because the Bible tells us he's the bread of life. Uh, Jesus was humble when it came time to die. He didn't call an army of angels to save him. Uh, he was beaten. He was mocked. He was crucified for us because he was meek and he was obedient to the Father's will. Think about he created the world and the world that the Bible tells us knew him not and they rejected him. Uh, in Psalm 37, this is what Jesus is quoting. He says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Jesus was telling them, the meek, the obedient, the followers of God will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. In a commentary I was reading, it said, giving up your rights in order to ser- serve others, in giving up your rights in order to serve others, you will one day receive everything God has in store for you. Obey the call of Jesus. So one of the things... uh we need to be careful of, uh, is, is pride. You know, uh, I was criticized one time because, uh, I, I told you in Sunday school, they say, well, you, you make your reading like it's, you have to do it. Well, I don't have to do it. I want to do it. And it, it wasn't because if I'm careful, I might take too much pride in, in my reading and my studying. Uh, my salvation is not something I can earn. It's something that was given to me, right? Uh, in Proverbs 11, it says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And humility is a, is a big word. It's not, some, it's not a word that uh, the, the society today is uh, very comfortable with because they don't want to be humble. They want to be large and in charge. They want to be the king of the world. Uh, be smart enough to know when you don't know and humble enough to ask for help. Uh, it was a big deal for me one time to, one time, to ask uh, a nurse for help. In the Navy, corpsmen and nurses don't get along. It's like oil and water, you know. We just don't get along because we know everything. We know they don't know anything. But uh, anyway... I had to humble myself because uh, we were. I was teaching uh, a nursing procedure that, it, in the field, I had never done. So the nurse was very gracious. He showed me how to do it, and uh, it worked out well. Uh, but we got to humble ourselves before God. Uh, we got to seek His will, and we got to be ready to help. And, and in James, it tells us, in James one five to ask for wisdom because God's going to give it to us generously and without finding fault. And in James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Brothers and sisters, we're in a trial right now. Uh, If you don't believe it, just watch the news for for a minute. Every, everything that is good is now counted as bad, and everything that's bad is now counted as good. The meek understands his circumstances. Uh, he understands that he is lost, he's without hope, and without peace. But when he finally turns to the king of kings, he finds peace in the prince of peace. Uh, he finds that Jesus is gracious and loving, and that he answers our cries for help. Or he lets us continue in our path of destruction because of our pride. How many times have you known people that have just rejected uh, Christianity, rejected Jesus, and just continue in their ways, and eventually uh, they die without Christ? And to me, that's a, that's a very scary thing. Uh, in verse 6, it said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Uh, I know when, uh, when people first get saved, uh, they, there's this, just this hunger, this desire to know more and more about God. But as our walk <coughs> continues, uh, it's funny how if we're not careful, that desire, that hunger, that Thirst just sort of fades away a little bit. So we have to be very careful with that. Uh, I have hungered and thirsted for many things at different times, uh, but they weren't always necessarily the things of God. Uh, thankfully, as I get a little bit older, I get a little bit wiser, and now I, I know what I really need, not what I want. Uh, in Romans twelve nine, it tells us to hate evil, and to cling to what is good. Cling. You know, that, that, that's a, to me, that's a scary word, right? It's cling. I've never had to cling to anything, you know, uh, other than my salvation. Uh, but, you know, you, you watch a movie and a person's just clinging on for dear life and then they have to let go. And to me, that's a scary thing. But he says, hate evil and cling to what is good. With, with all your might, with all your power, just cling to God. Uh, we desire many, many things. Uh, our worldly pursuits satisfy us, but they satisfy us for a season. If it's not about God, they're only going to satisfy you for a season. And if we're not careful, we make these things idols. Uh, good things, family, job, job. Uh, hobbies, they can become our idols and they can take the place of God. Uh, in Hebrews 11, it says there's pleasure in sin, but then you have to pay the pay the piper. Uh, I heard the story of a man once who was an alcoholic and he was such a bad alcoholic that he would take uh, rubbing alcohol. And he knew that it would kill him if he drank it straight. But he just needed to drink alcohol. So he would take rubbing alcohol and mix it with water. And that way it wouldn't be so concentrated. And I guess he he still got a high from it. Uh, But he had given in so much to the sin that it had just overwhelmed his life. Uh, So what is sin? It's anything that controls us and distracts us from God. And like I said, they can be innocent things, but in Matthew, Jesus said to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto us as well. Uh, So, you know, what are the things we worry about? Food, drink, uh, what to wear, right? Uh, Well, if you think about it, Jesus had all that covered, right? Uh, The Bible tells us Jesus is the bread of life. Uh, Jesus tells us that he's going to give us rivers of living water with the Holy Spirit. And in heaven, we're not going to have to wear this. We're going to have a white robe. And that robe, that, that white robe is going to represent purity and all of the things about God. Because nothing, we're not taking anything to heaven. So how do I get closer to God Uh, I do some of these good, and I do some of these not so good. Prayer, not so good. Fasting, not so good. Studying, I love studying. Uh, I like to serve my people. Uh, I I love this fellowship, and uh, you guys have been good to me, and I hope I've been good to you. Uh, This is how we satisfy our thirst and hunger for God. But I I, I still got to work on things, okay? In uh, James one twenty seven, it says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. When I was a kid, I heard the word pollution for the first time. And they show you all these terrible, terrible pictures of pollution all over the world. And so now I I read this in the Bible and I think of that mental picture that I had as a child and pollution and how the world can pollute me and separate me from God. The the world as we know it is all about money, power, and pleasure. There's never enough money. Uh, Power you're going to get any way you can. And pleasure, it's always about satisfying yourself. Me, me, me. Uh but the heavenly in, in in if you're you're living in the heavenly realm, uh you can use your money for doing accomplishing God's purposes, like buying gifts for the Christmas party they're gonna have for the for the kiddos. Uh power. How do we get power? By obeying God. How do we get pleasure by hunger, hungering and thirsting for the word of God and feeding yourself? Uh, in Deuteronomy six is uh, 6, four and five. This is what Jesus quotes uh, when they ask him what the greatest commandment is. It says, "Hear, O Israel," and I'm going to use Yahweh because in the in the Old Testament it's capital I, capital L O R D which represents Yahweh. Uh, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. And thou shalt love Yahweh with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That's 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 what Jesus is telling you. Uh, you you want to li- get close to God? You want to serve God? You want to just really, really be in touch with God? There you go. There it is, right there. And then he added one more thing. And love... Uh, Love everybody as yourself. I can't think of the word right now. Love your neighbor as yourself. Good. Thank you. Uh, So who's your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody's your neighbor. So there you go. Love God. Love your neighbor. He says, you won't sin if you do that. In Micah 6, 8, uh, in Micah 6, it's sort of interesting because it says, what shall I come to? With what shall I come before Yahweh? What, what I, what can I bring to God? What can I bring to God? And then it, it, it gets progressively uh, harder. Burnt offerings, calves one year old. Well, not everybody could afford a calf, right? Thousands of rams, ten thousand rivers of oil. My firstborn. He said, Can I? Is this how I get to God? He says. Now, verse 8, he says, He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does Yahweh require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. That's it. To act justly. Don't cheat anybody. Love, show mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Uh, We make it very difficult, right? Uh, Love and obey and you'll be satisfied. Maybe, right? Uh, In Deuteronomy, we're going to read Deuteronomy 10. It's too long to write on here. Deuteronomy 10, uh, 14 through 20. It says, To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it; yet the Lord set his affection on your forefathers and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations, as it is today. The, the nice thing about that is it's, a, it's it's talking about the Jewish people, but in the New Testament, it tells us that we've been grafted into the Jewish the Jewish people that now we're part of that blessing. Uh, And then it tells us in verse 16, Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be be stiff-necked any longer. Don't be rebellious. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, mighty, and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien, giving him food and clothing. And you are to love those who are aliens, for you yourselves were aliens in Egypt. We're aliens in this world. Everybody hates Christians. They're the only people you can make fun of, right? Don't don't you dare make fun of uh, Hindus and Muslims and you fill in the blank. But Christians... It's open season for them. Fear the Lord your God and serve Him. Hold fast to Him and take, and take your oaths in His name. So hold on to Him. Hold on, hold on. Uh, God is not withholding our desires. God knows sometimes that our desires are not what we need. That's the reality. Uh, think of prayers that have never been answered And then now you think about them and you say, wow, I'm glad that never happened because, and you fill in the blank. God is not withholding our desires. James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. The Father is all-knowing. The Father is forgiving. The Father is loving and long-suffering. Think of Peter, the apostles. And then I put myself in there, not that I'm, that I have done the things that they have done, other than I messed up like they messed up. So I hunger and thirst to be like God and closer to God, and when I fail, he shows me grace. And that's, that's really, really big, you know, he, he, he a couple of you guys have been in my class and uh, it, it, it's it's hard to show grace sometimes to, to young people, you know, or, or at least you feel like you're not being shown any grace. Uh, but God is so gracious to us, we keep screwing up. Believe this or not, young people, adults screw up. I know, it's hard to believe, you know. But, God is so gracious. God is so loving. And I hope, I hope that as adults we show this to you. And as Christians, we show this to the world, right? I need to be feeding on Jesus' on Jesus, the bread of life, daily, daily, daily. Uh, in Psalm 42, it's it sort of talks about how I feel. It said, as a deer pants for streams of water, So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? When? David is just desperate. I I, I didn't read into what was happening, but he was probably being chased by King Saul at this point. And he's like, come on, I need a break. Uh, The word pant in Hebrew implies an intense experience a desperate need for something if you've never been out of breath or if you've never felt like you can't take the next breath uh, you haven't felt that intense experience Uh, I remember uh, running with my students and this girl was uh, hyperventilating and it goes against our, our uh, judgment because when we hyperventilate, we've, we've got too much oxygen in our body. We actually need uh, carbon dioxide. So I tell her, slow down your breathing. And she's like, I can't catch my breath. I can't catch my breath. And so I put my hand on her mouth and she freaks out. I go, just relax and don't move. Just relax. I didn't have a paper bag. We were running. Uh, so I put my hand on her mouth, and she's she's freaking out. But then after a second or two, she starts to relax, and that CO2 starts to build up. And then all of a sudden, that hyperventilating goes to normal breathing. I go, "You're breathing too fast." I know, but I couldn't catch my breath because you're breathing too fast, and, and it's just it doesn't doesn't make sense. But it's just one of those things, you know. Uh, so I carry a paper bag. No, I don't. Uh, but that that's that's what we that's what we need we just need that intense hunger for 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 the things of god we need to be desperate to experience jesus and, and i remember those uh those uh uh colleges last summer winter i, I can't remember when when it happened spring fall winter that uh, they were experiencing those revivals in those colleges. And I sort of wanted to go and, and, and ex- get, feel some of that, but I, I didn't get a chance to go. But from the, the, the people that I've heard that have been there and I had a, a former student that went to one, he said it was just incredible what was going on. Uh, and so that's the type of experience we need to have in, in our walk with God. In Psalm 42:11 it says, uh, "Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God." He's the only solution. We just sometimes fail to realize. It's sort of like that hyperventilating. The solution is to stop breathing so fast, but we just can't. We can't. I've never experienced it because uh, uh, I'm not a very good runner. When I did run, I wasn't a very... I could run short distances, like 10 yards. I was really fast at 10 yards. Uh, You run five miles. I was the one back there. I I run slow and steady. Uh, But, yeah. I had to teach myself how to breathe so that I wouldn't hyperventilate and I wouldn't uh, get a pain in my side that was real bad. It's it's hard, especially when it goes contrary to what you're feeling. Uh, let's go to, where am I? Verse, oh. Verse 7. Uh, this is the really hard one for me. And I think we'll stop after this one. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful. That's just so difficult because to me, the first reaction that I feel when something happens is anger. That, that's where I go naturally. That's where the, you don't have to teach me to be angry. I, I was angry. Uh, I, I got there. I, I remember when I was a kid, Uh, We lived in Los Angeles for a little while, and they told me to go up to to the room, and it was upstairs, and we had just watched the movie The Birds, and I just knew the birds were in that room, and I didn't want to go in that room, and so I went up in that room because they made me go up in that room, and then I get up in the room, and I'm just stomping my feet. I was so angry, scared and angry, and then I could hear him coming up the stairs, and I'm just sitting there. Like nothing happened. Like, did you do that? No. What are you talking about, you know? I don't know what you're talking about. But anger, anger is so easy for me to just go right into it. I want justice. When something wrong happens, I want justice immediately. And maybe some revenge too, right? Revenge is it's pretty good. You have a good feeling when you get a little revenge. You know, the world says, I don't get mad. I get even. Uh, And and people who are not even Christians, they love to throw this out at you all the time. Uh, They like to say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's their way of saying, I'm going to get even with you. Uh, But they don't know the the full scripture. You know, they they don't they don't know what God meant by that. Uh, But they like the way it sounds. So if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That's good, right? uh in Deuteronomy 32 Hebrews 10 Romans 12 Isaiah 34 Isaiah 35 and Jeremiah 51 it says in some sort of the other vengeance is mine and that's God speaking in God's time and manner he will repay not in my my way my manner but in God's time and manner he's going to repay all those bad things that have happened to us, uh, to the world. God's justice will come from his perfect wrath. His anger is perfect. Mine is not perfect. Because his anger comes from uh, knowing right, knowing wrong. Uh, he He He's just long-suffering. He knows how much we can take and how much he has to take in order to get his message across to us, and he's willing to do anything possible uh, to to get that message to us, uh, and his wrath is perfect. Our wrath is from a desire to avenge, and, and it's it's always comes in anger. If we if we remember, there's a scripture that says, "Be angry and sin not." Sin not. Uh, usually we sin. As we're getting angry. At least that's the way I do it. I sin as I'm getting angry. God is our judge and he is long suffering, slow to anger, not willing that any should perish. That, that, to me, that's shocking right there, right? Not willing that any should perish. I don't know about you, but I know what I've done and I know what I deserve. And, but he said he's not willing that any should perish and any includes me. Uh, I need to be more merciful, more forgiving, uh, love more perfectly, not just love the perfect. It's easy to love a lot of you folks, all of you folks in church here. Not so easy to love some of those people you run into out in town, right? But that's what we're commanded to do. God has been so merciful to me and my family. Uh, and and I, I just... I could tell you stories and you, you would just not. You're like, that. you're making that up. You're lying. Uh, in the Lord's Prayer, we're told to forgive like we want to be forgiven. And, and you know, it, it, I don't know about you, but I need much forgiveness. Uh, the, the enemy tries to bring back all that old stuff that I've moved on from. Well, I've moved on and God's moved on, but the devil tries to get a foothold on you, right? He's holding on diligently, too. I need I need God's grace and mercy daily for my thoughts, my actions, my words. And like I said earlier, uh, I I pray to God that He guards my thoughts, my actions, and my words so that He keeps me from this sin. Uh I know where my help comes from. Uh and, and I just I, I really uh can't get over God's mercy for us. It's hard to understand and it makes no sense to me and i've spoken to a lot of people uh especially when they're unsaved and they're they 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 say why would god want to save somebody like me i'm i'm just a bad bad person you know and i i was talking to andrew the other day uh i heard this man on the radio saying asking people would do you take a do you go and clean yourself up, you know, with a towel and then get in the shower? Or do you get in the shower to clean yourself up? Like, well, you clean your you clean you you get clean when you're in the shower. He says, Well that that's what God wants. God wants you to come just like you are right there. There's a great song, right? Just as you are. He wants you to come and he's gonna clean you up. Because we can't clean ourselves up anyway. Uh To be merciful and to be forgiving is what Jesus, I think, teaches us more than anything. Uh, In the Lord's Prayer, he teaches us to acknowledge God's holiness. He teaches us that God's will will be done. He teaches us that God will provide our daily bread, right? Whatever that may be. Uh, He teaches us that God forgives us and we need to forgive. Uh We must forgive, like the Father has forgiven us uh, and, and I wrote this down, and one of the things that i I think I need to think about is to imitate jesus when When Jesus was on the cross, Jesus isn 't thinking about, oh, these dirty, rotten people. No, Jesus is on the cross to forgive us, right? And as he's on the cross, he's forgiving us. And he looks over at John and he tells him to take care of his mother. That was Jesus' thoughts on the cross. And, and he forgave the guy next to him on the other cross. That, that's not me. That's not me. That, but I want, that, I want it to be me, but that, it's not me. Not now. Uh, and then if you think of Stephen, when Stephen is being martyred, what does Stephen pray he prays for the people that are stoning him. He prays to God uh, to forgive them. And who was there? One of the people that was approving of what was happening was Saul of Tarsus. And God shakes Saul up a little bit, gives him a new name, and then he becomes a great evangelist to the Gentiles. And maybe that's how some of us, 2,000 years ago, eventually it got to us, Right? through Paul who God reclaimed you know God cleaned him up in in Saul was a proud man that was serving God in his way God turned him around cleaned him up and he forced him to serve God God's way and uh things worked out pretty good uh being the most godlike mer- being merciful is the most godlike attribute of the beatitudes, and the hardest to obtain. Uh, I wanna, I'll finish this, uh, but I, I love this scripture. It's in Micah seven eighteen. It says, "Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance?" And uh, listen to this: You do not stay angry forever but delight to show mercy, delight to show mercy. The closest I can come to that is when my kids were little, their Christmas presents were all wrapped up and ready to roll, and I wanted to give them to them on December 1st, you know, because it was such a delight for me to give them something that they wanted. So God delights to show us mercy. Uh, After all I have done, God is still waiting to show me his mercy. Not just me, but the whole world. Uh, The book of Judges is a great example of God's uh, mercy and long-suffering. If you read it, it sort of gets on my nerves because the new chapter usually starts, and the children of Israel sinned. And the children of Israel sinned, so he sends them this judge, and everything's good for a little while. And then that judge dies, and the children of Israel sinned, and it's just oh, so aggravating. the The book of Judges is a great example of God's mercy and long suffering. And, and I mean, if we look in the mirror, we're 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 living out the book of Judges. When I look in the mirror, uh, the pattern is so just easy to see, right? Sin, punishment, and then rescue. Uh, sin, punishment, rescue. They're being punished, and what do they do? They cry out to God, and God, God doesn't say, ha, 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 you're getting what you deserve. He sends him somebody to bring him out of that. He sent Jesus for us, okay? Uh, punishment, thankfully, often, not always, leads to repentance, so I think that's where most of us are. We're we're at a point where we repented and we're in our daily walk just struggling and uh but there's strength in numbers and we got that, we get that strength here with the fellowship. Uh so just just continue doing the right things and uh we should be good. We should be good. So uh Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We ask you, Father, that uh, this word uh, goes out to any that are lost and that need this mercy and long-suffering that God is so willing to give us, that he delights in giving to us. Lord, I ask you, Father, to... uh, Change our hearts, Lord, to be more and more like yours and to be more merciful and more loving and all those other beautiful attributes that we fail at so much in our life. Father, we just ask you to uh, bless this day, this week, bless this food we're about to have. And Father, we just ask you to be with us to get Dale back to us safely, Lord, And Lord, you know what's ahead for us this week. And uh, I pray that you give us the, the grace to deal with them in God's ways, not in man's ways. Lord, I ask you all this in Jesus name.